Hey, this is John, and before we get started, I have a gift for you for being such an amazing listener. Everyone's talking about AI these days, but most of it's about tactics. We've created a series of prompts we use to create strategy, and you can have them for free. Just go to dtm.world slash free prompts and grab yours. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Lloyd Lobo. He's an entrepreneur, podcast host, and community builder. He is the co-founder of Boast.ai, where he leveraged the community-led growth model to bootstrap the company. He's also the co-founder of Traction, a community empowering over 100 thousand innovators through connections, content, and capital. We're going to talk about his book, which is titled Grassroots from Grassroots to Greatness, 13 Rules to Build Iconic Brands with Community-Led Growth. So welcome to the show, Lloyd. Thank you for hosting me, big fan, and I'm excited. It's like, you know, you watch those people, listen to those people, and then eventually you have the opportunity to do something with them and, and you feel honored. It's like, it's like this celebrity moment here. <laughs> well, I, I've been doing this for a long time, so hopefully you have heard a little bit of it. So if those of you that watch the video clips, I know those of you listening won't know, but I, I love your hat. They're hard to forget your last name, Lobo. You know, a great entrepreneur once told me that you got to do things to stand out, right? Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's, all about, it's all about standing out. And if you look at Mr. Beast, actually, Right. One of the things he did does is like stand out. He's one of the biggest influencers now on the planet. I mean, he does things like cure a thousand blind people or gave yeah. a homeless guy twenty thousand dollars, started a free car dealership. The thing is, those who are afraid to be a little eccentric, a little authentic, and a little different often blend in with the rest. And if you're just like everyone else, it's hard to become an iconic brand. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everybody, but there's no question. Pissing some people off occasionally is one way to get noticed. You know, it's like I said, it's not for everybody, but it certainly works. The story with the hat was I used to have a Boast hat and I'd wear it everywhere. Yeah. And when I, we sold 50% of the company or majority of the company and I transitioned to the board, I ended up depressed because I'm like, I left my baby. I built my yeah, baby right. on this company. You know, it's funny because for a founder, no matter how good the financial outcome, leaving a company you started that you sacrificed your family for is like fraught with mental health issues. And a friend of mine gave me this hat as a joke. I wore it in the podcast. It's stuck. Now it's everywhere. I, I go to the gym. People are like, hey, you're that guy from LinkedIn. Or like I went to an art gallery. <laughs> oh, we see your content on LinkedIn. So it's stuck. That's funny. So, so let's get into the book from grassroots to greatness. I, this sometimes comes off as a lame question, but I, a lot of times the answer is brilliant. Was there some problem you were trying to solve that said, I have to write this book? Definitely. So my journey throughout my life has had one common thread and that is community. So my parents grew up in the slums, right? In Mumbai where they made a movie on it, Slumdog Millionaire. And anytime I'd visit my grandparents who had 10 kids, I'd, I'd ask them, like, you barely have place in here for your kids. Why do you have this random person here? And he said, he would always say, the only way to create abundance in life is to help others without expecting anything in return. Today, of course, these kids are in the slum. They're all well off. But then when I was eight or nine years old, the Gulf War hit. I was born in Kuwait. And security had lapsed. The 
came together to rescue the country. Every building became a sub-community, right? What is community? Put your hands and say, I have a problem or I have yeah. an aspiration. You find other people and they come together. And the way that effort was coordinated, because there were no cell phones, there was no internet at the time. You'd go down the building with concerned faces and somebody would say, hey, I'll organize security. I'll guard the building from this time to this time. I'll organize food and supplies and water. And that word of mouth spread from building to building and eventually evacuated us to safety. Then another time was when we were bootstrapping boats. We had no money. We literally had no marketing team. Marketing was like me. Okay. And we bootstrapped this business to 10 million in revenue through building this traction community where we we're bringing our ICP, our audience together around their aspiration and their goals, this community of practice. In fact, our investors who bought half the company, the, the growth equity firm, they came to a traction community event. Mm. And through my entrepreneurial journey where it's like, you know, something's working, something's not, something's great. One day it's great. One day it's like, I'm failing, I'm falling. And so when things were going great after two failures and, you know, did an events company where the founder ran off with all the profits and then Boast was a struggle bootstrapping. And as soon as we started to make money at Boast, we lost a twin. We were expecting twins. One passed, the other was born uh, four months or so early and spent that time in the incubator. And we relied, my wife and I relied on this community called Fish and His Moms Group to bring us some sanity in terms of you know hope right and how other people who were in that situation dealt with it when we were looking at other babies pass away in the NICU and then finally when we sold a majority of both stepped out of the day-to-day -day, I ended up depressed I felt I lost my identity because I was the face of this company became overweight became insufferable and the Peloton community is what saved me and brought my mental health to stability. And so when I sat here saying, I could do anything with my time, I can be anywhere, what should I do? I said, I think I need to write about the impact of community to the world and pay homage to the community that's given me so much from the slums to yeah. you know, yes. truly the slumdog millionaire journey, which was fueled by the community. And you know, I truly believe this. Yesterday's innovation always becomes today's option and tomorrow's commodity. If you look at the GS, you couldn't get a hold of it. Then it became an option in the car. Today, there's CarPlay. You don't even need it. It's a commodity. But yeah. if you build a community, you won't yeah. become a commodity. A perfect example is Apple. They don't have the best features, but they fall in love with their customers and sell that aspiration. They're not... Uh, nitpicking on we have this many megapixel camera they're talking about the aspiration so that was very important to me to share that journey so we've always had community if you think about the one you described in kuwait and then you know churches have always been communities schools have always been communities but they've really i think they've really come to the forefront with the fact that we can have community now anywhere we don't have to be in a physical place there are those that are suggesting that, you know, advertising and some of the traditional marketing ways are, are really become less effective and maybe even not work at all at some point. And that community is in some ways sort of the last frontier. Would you support that idea, that notion that you think it's going to really be the way that everybody has to market? You know, I truly believe that I embody it because if you think about it, right, Marketing is taking up, look at 2023, okay? Because we went through this boom, tech yeah. boom, and then the interest rates went up and, you know, so-called recession, right? Marketing is taking a bloodbath in 2023. It costs twice as much to generate the same results from the same marketing tactics. TikTok, Facebook, all the CPMs are up, right? The spend right. is way off whack. 
and you know, businesses are spending less and less of marketing because, you know, even with generative AI, what you're seeing is you're seeing sameness in content. People, you know, now people are generating content through generative AI. Consumers are tired of this clickbait, the spam, these pop-ups, these ads, right? Sharing personal data to access crappy white papers, seeing the same thing over and over. But you know, if you look at some of the best, most iconic brands, Harley Davidson being a perfect right. example, they almost went bankrupt in the 80s. They rebuilt the company on the ethos of community wasn't a marketing strategy. It was a company strategy. Employees went out and started writer clubs. Employees become writers, became employees. It had oversight from the president. And that community organized the Save Harley campaign. Today, they organize breast cancer awareness campaigns. There's a purpose behind it. And I think if you have a great purpose that goes beyond your product or service, you will build an everlasting sustainable community. And I like that you brought religion. My mom's a very devout Catholic. And so as a part of my research, I was researching religions as well as brands. And yeah. when you look at every iconic brand or religion or cult has this path, they start with an audience. And when they bring that audience together, it becomes a community. Now, when the community comes together to create impact, it becomes a movement. And when the movement has unwavering faith in its purpose, it becomes a religion or cult. Everything from Christianity to CrossFit follows that pattern. Yeah. You see a lot of influencers today on LinkedIn, on, on, on TikTok and whatnot. They think they have communities. They don't. The influencer is gone. The community is gone because it's not a community. It's an audience. It's a one-way yeah. communication. So how yeah. do you bring them together to talk to each other without you being in the room is, is a community. And then when that community creates impact or products or whatever it is, it becomes a movement, right? And, and that's what Harley did. They were coming together to create awareness. Mr. Beast, great community. It's going to be everlasting because his community has come together to donate $20 million to, to evacuate the, the oceans of 30 million pounds of plastic, all of these things, right? Those are purposes that go beyond yeah. the brand. And I think that is really important. As a community, you look at some of the communities that are out there and they are counter to something, right? I mean, Harley Davidson, you know, really preaches the idea that, you know, free spirit writers, you know, we're kind of counter to something else that's out there in society. And I think most community, I mean, you could even say Peloton is an example that there, there is a so-called enemy, if you will. Would you say that's a strong component of building a community is that there has to be something to rally around or against? It has to be an aspiration, a goal, or some challenge, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, as I, I interviewed maybe a thousand or so community leaders, entrepreneurs, mm. innovators, right? And one thing I found very common, actually, I found a number of things that were common, but the one thing was very key driving force is they're driven by some spite or anger yeah. to change the status quo, to prove the naysayers wrong, to do things a different way than it's currently being done. And in many ways, you say like happy people don't drive change, but people who have a, a spite towards something will drive that change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the first things I outsourced when I started my business, payroll and HR. Well, Gusto's payroll and HR services can make it even easier. Gusto was designed for you, the small business owner. They take the pain out of running a business, automatically calculating paychecks filling payroll taxes, getting set up for open enrollment, 
Augusto does it all. And you want more? Time tracking, health insurance, 401k, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts. You get the idea. With Gusto, you can focus on the joy of running your business. It's super easy to set up and get started. And if you're moving from another provider, Gusto can transfer all your data for you. It's no surprise that 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto. 94. But here's the best part. Because you're a listener, you get three months totally free. All you have to do is go to gusto.com slash duct tape. Again, that's gusto.com slash duct tape. I'm telling you, you're going to love Gusto. Get started today. If you're looking to earn more income online without being glued to your laptop, then I want to tell you about Kartra. With Kartra, selling your knowledge or services has never been easier. That's because it's the ultimate all-in-one platform for online success. With just a single login, Kartra gives you all the tools you need to grow your audience, monetize your content, and scale with confidence in one affordable, easy-to-use platform. With Kartra, you can build stunning pages and funnels, launch online products and courses, create customized checkouts, host webinars, set up autoresponders, and so much more. Unlike other platforms, Kartra has powerful automation features that are specifically designed to help you get more customers, make each customer worth more and keep your customers and it's entirely on autopilot plus you can launch full-scale funnels in minutes when you customize Kartra's done-for-you campaigns that are already designed connected and written for you ready to make it easier to earn more visit dtm.world slash Kartra that's k-a-r-t-r-a that's right dtm.world slash Kartra and use the coupon code DTM to also get a free trial and 20% off today. So the book, as I read in the subtitle has 13 rules. I'm curious if you want to share, visit a couple of rules, but before that, maybe kind of how a lot of times when people, you know, you researched a thousand or did a thousand interviews, how'd you get it down to 13 and you know, why they're, why are those the most important? And then again, maybe share a few. Definitely. So I asked the same set of questions is like, why did you get started? What are your ethos? How did you bring people together? How did you seed it in the beginning? How did you continue to grow and scale it? How do you retain them? And then how do you make money? Right. I think one of the most important things hmm. is, you know, there's a lot of focus on metrics and I think metrics is important, but we get caught up in, in these sort of uh, acronyms and these buzzwords, but really it's all about asking the right questions. Right. It's, 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 it's as simple as that. And that is what metrics are to me. It's like, if you're looking for an answer, ask the right questions and make sure you ask the same questions because then you'll get the answers you're looking for and you can find patterns. If you ask some, it's like AB testing in marketing, right? If you change three things, you don't know what drove the results, but if you ask the same thing over and over again, you'll get the answer. You'll get a pattern. You'll be able to see the pattern. So that was the key thing. So a couple of rules that I'd love to share, right? Yep. One um, is a framework, which is a play on Daniel Pink's AMP, which you may have heard of, right? Sure. Um, and so when I looked at these communities, I, f I found AMP was great, but to build a thriving, sustainable culture community, there were six common traits that these companies, these cultures, these community had. And I called it camper, which sounds cheesy, but I say if you have proactively instituted camper in your company, your community, your culture, you'll build CAPI campers. And camper stands for connection, autonomy, mastery, purpose, which is from Daniel Pink, 
and then energy and recognition. So with connection, what I found is that these communities, they foster genuine bonds and build bridges. When people feel connected, it empowers them to support one another and grow. Peloton is a great example, right? Turns out sweating and working out together, <laughs> even virtually, leads to a great sense of camaraderie. The other one is autonomy. Nobody wants to feel micromanaged. When people have the space to make their own decisions, they take ownership and drive innovation. A great example of that community was the Basecamp community. This company is a project management tool that invented Ruby on Rails. Ruby on Rails has spawned thousands upon thousands of startups as a framework, as an infrastructure to build products on, right? And that autonomy not only is a part of the community, but how they run the company. And it's helped them achieve tens of millions in profit with only 80 employees working 40 hours a week and no investors. Their competitors have thousands of employees and hundreds of millions in funding. So that was the second piece. Mastery, of course, everyone wants to get better and better at what they do and become experts in their field. Purpose is a key one. I truly believe there's no good or bad people. There's shades of gray. Everyone is well-intentioned. It's just life happens. You want to yeah. give, you want to create impact, but taxes and mortgage and kids doesn't give you the opportunity to do that. But when you attach with a great purpose, even if you contribute a small portion, you feel like you're part of the whole thing. There was an urban legend, right, with President Kennedy walking NASA at midnight and he sees a janitor sweeping the floor. And he asks, what are you doing at this hour? And the janitor says, sir, I'm putting a man on the moon. That is what great <laughs> purpose is when it goes down to the person at, with the lowest position they feel. Like Patagonia is a, is a fantastic example of purpose. They promote this environmental stewardship, but not only encouraging their employees to volunteer for these initiatives, they, they lead by example. They donate a big chunk of their profits right, to, to nature preservation. Then the fifth one is energy, creating this atmosphere of enthusiasm, passion, and positive vibe. When your culture is full of lively energy, it sparks inspiration. I mean, you can ask yourself, right? How many times have you been in an environment where they have connection, where there is autonomy, there's mastery, and there's a great sense of purpose, but the energy is a drag. It's like, it's dry. And you're like, I just want to get out of here. You watch presentations and you, you we're with great people around the room, but you're falling asleep because there's no energy. <laughs> So it's yeah. energy is really important because community is a marathon of the heart and mind, right? People are giving their time. Oftentimes they're not paid like volunteers and whatnot. How do you keep them excited? Energy is really important to do that. And then the last one is recognition. They proactively acknowledge and appreciate the efforts of others. When you celebrate efforts, no matter how big or small, and just say thank you to people or give them things to appreciate them, they keep coming back for more. And we're in 2023 where job loss has been at an all-time high, yet people have opportunities, right? I could go and drive an Uber and then part-time do DoorDash and then be on Fiverr or Upwork and make $100,000 to support my lifestyle. Why do I join a company and do a nine-to-five? There has to be, in addition to all of those things, if I'm not recognized, then I'm out of here, right? A lot of companies fail to proactively recognize their people. If you treat yeah. people with love and help them grow, they'll treat your business, your community, your culture with love, and your company will grow. So those were six common traits I found. So the first one was, the first thing was figure out how this fits because the last thing you want to do, and as I talk to more and more people in 2023, they ask me, oh, how do I start a community and when will I start making money? 
Right. So if you don't start with the thought of how do I give and how can I give without expecting anything in return? And if you're looking to monetize on day one, then you may as well not do community. Invest in ads, invest in cold calling. There's tons of direct response marketing you can do. Community is a long-term sustainable business strategy. And that's why I say start with this ethos of community, which is camper, connection, autonomy, mastery, purpose, energy, recognition. If you don't have that in your DNA, people will find it to be contrived and it'll be short-lived, right? You won't sustain it for the long. Like Atlassian, the company <clears throat> worth 40 billion, their community organizes 5,000 events a year. I asked their chief revenue officer, how do you do attribution on this community? He's like, I can't, I don't care. It takes care of itself. The company is growing, the product is proliferating. I'm not gonna nickel and dime on how it makes money. I know it takes care of itself. Or you ask Gainsight, the company was acquired for a billion. They created the customer success community a category. You ask Nick, Nick is like CEO and head of community or even Brian Chesky at Airbnb. He's CEO and head of community. You can't do attribution with community. That's the thing. It's pretty hard because somebody comes to an event. They may pass on your details to somebody else on the team who goes and downloads a white paper. Those details go to an SDR who cold call and then the deal gets done and get attributed to SDR. And then it says, oh, community did nothing, right? So right. that multi-touch is hard. So I think starting with that camper is really important. The second thing is figuring out the type of community you want to build. There are three kinds of communities. Community of practice where you bring people together to educate them, to teach them something. I'm an engineer. My first job, I wanted to go into entrepreneurship. So I asked somebody, what's the best skill I could learn? They said sales and marketing. So I started cold calling for a tech company and then transitioned my way into running GTM operations. But everything I learned about sales and marketing was from HubSpot's inbound marketing content because nobody yeah. was talking about digital marketing. And guess what? Years later, when I had the money and the position to buy a tool, I bought HubSpot, right? I, built, I, was part of, I was part of that community. So community of practice is that teaching people to become better versions of themselves about a craft. Community of product is turning your customers into evangelists, so teaching them about your product. And the last one is community of play, bringing people together around fun, right? Now, if your company doesn't have a product market fit, you're new, you barely have any customers, you don't have high retention, there's no point in building a community of product because yeah. nobody's gonna wanna be sold to. You wanna sell the aspiration, the goal that your product is driving. So why do people buy HubSpot? Because they wanna generate more leads, they wanna become better marketers. So teach them to become better marketers is what HubSpot did. So that's the second thing. The third thing, is crucial is nail your niche, figure out your ideal customer profile. What are their pains, their goals, their aspirations? Where do they eat, breathe, drink, sleep? Figure out their circle of influence. Who do they fund? Meaning what other services and tools they pay for. This will give you a list of potential partners. Who do they follow? Meaning who are the influencers they watch and listen to? So this will give you the list of people if you're hosting events or podcasts or webinars to invite. And then what do they frequent, meaning events, magazines, blogs they read, so you could distribute your content there. So that is the third thing. The fourth thing is start creating an audience. You can either curate content, like summarize content from experts in your niche, or be the expert for your niche yourself, or do a mix. But you start by, once you understand your ICP, you can write down 100, 200 burning questions, and that'll give you content ideas. 
you can even think about like if I had to write the ultimate guide to XYZ, what would be the chapters and subchapters and topics? And then from there, start creating content. Like even something like this, we do an interview like this, right? You can turn it into an interactive interview. You can turn it into a YouTube video. You can post the audio to podcasts. You can turn it into short form clips, the text into LinkedIn posts. You can turn it in an ebook. You can turn the summary into a weekly newsletter. So it gives your content multiple distribution channels and you start building this audience. And once you start building this audience, then bring them together. One thing I found in, in, in this research is the value of senses. It was told to me by Jonathan Yaffe, the founder of Any Road, is that anytime you incorporate more than two senses, you start to build stronger connections. We're sound and sight. If we were in person, we'd be taste, touch, and smell. And this is what Red Bull does. And these high-energy brands, they bring people together in person. Surprisingly, even Yelp scaled a lot of their community through in-person events. And you look at a lot of these online products that you think online, but a lot of their early activities were bringing people together in person because it builds bonds, camaraderie, when you're engaging multiple senses. If we were in person, now, probably this would extend for hours on end. We right. probably know each other personally. So that is really important to start bringing people together in person. And then the last one, there's a lot more tips, but these were some of the crucial ones, is mm -hmm. do it with consistency, right? right? Anything worth doing is a long slog. We started Traction by doing meetups and pizza nights, right? 10 people showed up the first time, then 20, then you know, word spread. But we never stopped. And one day, 200 people showed up to this co-working space. And the GM of the co-working space is like, guys, this is not a meetup. This is a full-blown <laughs> conference now. That evolved into the Traction Conference. And today, we've had C-suite from Uber to HubSpot to Shopify show up. But you got to do small and then one day it hits. And even our subscriber base was small and we kept doing it. The pandemic hit. We freaked out. We had to cancel a conference. We had 50 some odd speakers. So I reached out to all the speakers and said, hey, instead of doing a virtual conference, which I don't have the fortitude to do, I can't sit through a two-day virtual right. summit. What if I interviewed you every week for an hour and made it a live virtual one-hour live summit? And we'll turn the recording into YouTube and the audio into podcast. They're like, love it. It eventually ended up being twice a week. And subscriber base went from like thousands to in two years, 120,000. Just that cadence. And it's funny, when we, were, when we sold half the company to growth equity firm, they're like, what is this inflection point here? Your revenues just went up like this in those two years to like 10 million and you have no marketing team or spend. And I showed another thing about the number of webinars and events we were doing, because the word spreads, hundreds of people start joining. First it's mm -hmm. tens, then the word eventually spreads and you get, you know, you get the social proof of the speakers, of course, the brand of the speakers and, and the audience, the other people who are coming and more and more and more people show up and you build that cadence. But most people just stop. They stop after the 10th thing, right? Like. Magic doesn't happen at number 10. Magic maybe happens at 100. And there are stats like from YouTube even. Uh, some of the best content creators have seen, I'm, I'm not talking about shorts, but I'm talking about long form videos that they had to create 100 videos before they saw meaningful traction. Yeah. That just says consistency is the magic ingredient. 
that leads to overnight success. Yeah. It's all, it's almost its own uh, algorithm. So Lloyd, I want to I appreciate you stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. You want to share where people can connect with you and maybe find out a little more about from grassroots to greatness. Definitely. So I'm active on LinkedIn. Follow me. I post one to three times a week and uh, generally content around entrepreneurship, bootstrapping, community, mental health. So do follow me there. My mom made it weird for me growing up by putting an E in my name. It's Lloyd, but she put an E in there and I was bullied as a kid a lot. And one day I asked her, why did you put this E in there? Why did you have to make me different? And she's like, I always dreamed of you becoming an entrepreneur. When I was living in the slum in India, I wanted my child to be an entrepreneur. And I said, if he ever became an entrepreneur, he would want to trademark his name. And if I put an E in there, that would allow him to do that. I don't know if it's true or not, but in in terms of that that philosophy there, but uh, that was the story. So Lloyd Lobo on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's a it's a great story, and I must admit, when I was looking at my show notes, I was like, "Hey, is that right?" So, <laughs> so it worked. It worked, and the URL was probably available, of course. Definitely, the, URL, the funny thing is, Lloyd Lobo without the E is not available. With the yeah, E is, is sure, sure. Some, yeah, some, some software developer has. So I'm on LinkedIn with that LloydLobo.com from grassroots to greatness.com. And then if you want to tune into my podcast, it's Traction on uh, YouTube, Traction by Lloyd Lobo on YouTube or Traction on Spotify. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic, John. Big fan. So (laughs) Thanks. Now, again, I appreciate you taking the time and hopefully we'll run into you one of these days out there on the road. Definitely. Where are you today, by the way? I am in uh, the mountains west of uh, Denver. Oh, cool. I was yeah, yeah. just in Denver last week for a boast board meeting, and now I'm in Dubai. I spend uh, half my time in Dubai and half in San Francisco. A lot of air miles. A lot of air miles. Awesome. Have a good one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.